broadcasting live from the R&R studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. Um, I, I don't know that that's the case. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel that we were targeted or anything like that. I just feel like the timing might have been a little bit off. I think that if we'd have known in, in July when the league knew about it, or in June when the league knew about it, then we could have done something before the season rather than in the middle of the season. Do you think Dan Snyder's ownership of the Washington football That was Mark Davis bringing up a good point. If you had all this months ago, why are we just finding out about it now in the middle of our season? Like, you know, um, from his perspective – when you cut it all away, uh, yeah, everyone's in a money-making uh, business, all of this, you know, but the, the whole point, Lincoln, is to win football games. Right. And, um, you know, he can make a case, and I think that it's pretty clear that if this was given to us way back when, when, when you first had it and, and, and saw it, this could have been dealt with a much better, number one, and number two, with, with – with uh, the least amount of disruption. The Raiders theoretically could have had an entire training camp with this new staff. Uh, They could have avoided the kind of bewildered way they played against the Chicago Bears. Uh, I know you didn't want to go there with it. Um, You don't want to make excuses for teams. But, geez, Louise, when you see guys dropping balls that don't normally drop balls and and Derek Carr – Throw him behind guys when he doesn't. When he's one of the most accurate throwers uh, in, in the NFL, and and linemen going every which way, it, it it was a discombobulated effort against the Chicago Bears. And I think that it's safe to say that what happened the four the previous forty eight hours had something to do with it. It it's it didn't help. Let's put it that way. Right. I mean, these I guys are that. human beings, right? You know, yeah. like what our coach just got accused of what? You know, like you know, it's it's going to play a role, but. You know, getting back to, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila and Bahar. Uh, it's Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Uh, on, a, on a Wednesday. And Lincoln, getting back to what we were just saying and just to kind of uh, quickly, you know, uh, uh, catch up. I feel like sometimes, and I'm in the media, it's my life. It's what I've been doing for the last, I don't even want to get into how long I've been doing this. But I do believe sometimes we get a little too full of ourselves um, in trying to demand answers and action and all of that, like instantaneously, especially now. Lincoln, when I used to, when something would happen, okay, just to pull the the, the uh, curtains back uh, on, on, on me, and I want to hear what you have to say now that you're on this side of things. But back in the day, before the internet, before all that, right? If something were to happen in, you know, like, it's like, like nowadays you get woke up sometimes with some news and all of a sudden you got to figure it out instantaneously, g- collect your thoughts, put something uh, out there, post it all within, you know, you try to do it within a half hour, 45 minutes, if that, okay? Back in the day, and, and and you're supposed to make it make sense. You're supposed to put it in context. You're supposed to put your, you know, not your spin on it, but your thoughts. If you're especially if you're a columnist, what do you think about this? What's this mean? And all of that, right? Back in the day, if if something like happened in the morning, your deadline's like about 10 p.m. You have a whole day to really let it marinate and think about it, make some calls, figure it out. What's the precedent of this? What's, you know, and, and, and before you actually sat down in front of your damn computer and wrote a story trying to make sense of it all, all right, you had the luxury of time. Now, 
you don't have time to, for any of that, Lincoln. You got to get it out right now. And gosh darn it, I need to know what you think about this right now, Mr. Owner of the football team or whatever. I need your answer right now, exactly what you think, right this second, or else I'm going to write something about you for not doing that and criticize you for doing it. It's just backwards to me. But it's the world we live in. But every once in a while, we in the media need to understand, hold on a second. That's not realistic. And you have to understand and maybe sometimes put yourself in somebody else's shoes to say, if I was him, I'd hold off too and just wait and let my emotions come down and figure this out. So what what really happened here? Before I go in front of a whole bunch of people with microphones and for my words that will live forever before putting myself out there like that. But that's just my two cents. And I think that we need to understand that uh, a little bit more, especially some of the younger reporters that are out there. That are you know that 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 don't quite have the experience or the you know uh, uh, to put things in a little bit of better context um, and and understand sometimes the need for just a little bit of time, Lincoln. My you know for someone who works in the media to your extent as a reporter, I feel there's a certain amount of pressure that comes with it when you learn something or when you uncover something and the timing of how you have to report it since the advent of the uh, social media and the internet immediate information gets out there almost immediately if you don't and i can only imagine that how you know your editor or your boss might be saying this thinking well Vinny, you've been sitting on this information for how long and you haven't reported you know yeah. something to that extent um and how much pressure that you can feel especially being in that position knowing something do I release it? Do I, do I do my due diligence and let someone else drop the story before I do and give a different opinion and get it out there? So I can only imagine the type of pressure that someone, especially in your position, that goes for. You know, when, when we do what we do together, like on, on this show, you know, we get a certain amount of time to um, appreciate whatever news comes out about the Raiders because this is a Raiders show. But when I did national radio, you know, I had to learn of all the big stories, you know, and had yep. to try to do all the information or all the studying about the big stories. It was, it's still a matter of opinion, especially when you come to radio, but you got to have your facts. You can't, I don't just spew things out there, neither do you. So, you know, there, we, we, we still have to get our, our, our information and our ducks lined up in order to do our job well and to be respected. Uh, as well so there's a whole lot of pressure that goes involved or it comes into what we do and I get it it's hard it really is because like I said Friday when that you know the news before the Chicago game when it dropped about you know the the, the uh, D. Murray Smith email you know I'd, I'd heard of oh, okay well you know so 10 years ago and you made an email oh, yeah. you know trying to I was trying to I guess rationalize or how or make excuses on how I could tolerate this if he did say that I mean, since he did say that you know how you want to process it okay all right go through get the game you watch the game and like ew you know it's nasty <laughs> it, was, it, was, it left a bad taste in your mouth watching that bears game and like okay then monday comes you you got the bear game you got the and then all this other stuff drops and it's like oh my goodness are you kidding me oh my goodness and so we left we started our show on tuesday Trying yeah. to process it, you know what I mean. Still trying to process it. Yes. Trying to try to try to digest everything that we saw and and read and heard over the over the weekend, along with the game, and still going through it. You know, I, I it's it's tough. It really is to be a person who's you know supposed to give their honest opinion, 
and 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 keep with you whatever your integrity is, you know, to, to what your morals are, and not be judgmental, especially when you see something as egregious as these. You know what I mean? And and it's hard. Like I said, I'm I'm still trying to process. I haven't had a chance to talk to John since it happened, but I right. know that what I do know about John, I feel for him because I know that he loved football. And that was his life. He loved yeah. football and from his father bringing him up. You know, his brother was a coach, everything. He loved football and he wanted to, he wanted to coach football. I remember talking to him specifically about that. Why'd yeah. you come back? You were the king of Monday night. You were king of ESPN. You were king of the TV world. I miss football, I miss coaching. Right. And, and so, and now that's taken away from him and it's probably taken away from life. So you talk about a penalty. Oh man, that's a, that's a huge penalty. I mean, I don't know where I would be if somebody told me, or I couldn't talk anymore. I couldn't do, you know, what I do because I love my career. I love what I'm in, where I'm at right now. But if I couldn't do that and somebody took that away and said, okay, you got to shut up forever. I, I don't know where I would be. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, again, we, and we, we, Lincoln and I are very, very clear. You know, you, you separate the act and what he said, because right. there's no condoning any of that. Right. But, Absolutely. you know, at the same time, there is a human being here. And I know, and I have talked uh, to him. And, and you know, um, one of the things I remember him, uh, you know, uh, saying, texting me, he's like, you know, I really do love everybody. <laughs> and I, 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 it's 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 weird to say this, you know, considering what he said, but I, I don't even doubt him uh, about that. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's, you gotta be, it's, it's a lesson obviously for, Certainly. for him, but for also for younger people too. Um, please use this as an example. You just don't refer and talk about people like that in those yeah. kind of demeaning ways, even if you love them, you know, like yeah. it's just, it's, it's kind of complicated, but, um, the judgmental part, not necessarily, uh, w- with John, but the judgmental part, uh, I felt like with, with, for, for, for Mark Davis and the organization, um, I thought was a little excessive in, in, in some quarters. Like he, like, like he owed everybody to sit up there in front of the microphones immediately after it happened, um, and, and speak on it, you know? And, uh, and I always felt like, you know, I know him enough to know he, he just needs a little bit of time to digest this too, you know? And, and I was willing to give it to him. I didn't feel like he owed me, uh, Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas review journal, uh, a, uh, a detailed account of everything that happened. I knew that he was still processing uh, everything that happened. And, and that's where I'm, that's where I'm saying sometimes we in the media need to understand that a little bit as, as well before we start casting stones and sure making nice. judgments on, on people. And, and so um, it's just a lesson for, for everybody. I think the right outcome happened. Uh, that was the outcome that had to happen. Um, but, you know, uh, from, 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 Mark Davis's perspective of, hey, can you give me a little bit of time to deal with this before, you know, you start throwing everything out there uh, for, for everybody to see, especially when I know he's not going to say this, but especially when there's another organization out there that just got fined $10 million for obviously they did something. Yeah, you know, and nobody knows exactly what they did. Uh, that report was an oral report, by the way. So I don't even know if it's anywhere documented anywhere um, about the Washington football team. It seems a little bit, uh, I don't know, you know, take 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 it with however you want. But mm-hmm. it just seems a little a little um, interesting to me how certain things are handled uh, versus others. Uh, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Dave is in Denver. How you doing, Raider Dave? Uh, good. Good to talk to you guys. Uh, haven't Likewise. really expounded much upon. I want to make sure that Raider Nation does not feel anything but pride with this team and how they have handled this. I ended up 
them to the sideline at the Denver game and told them I could not be more proud of being a fan of this team or a fan of a team that came with such consummate professionalism, putting a GM and a new coach and three captains in front of a microphone and have it come off like it did last week. And I want to remind people that there is a lot at stake here for Vegas moving forward. You think that if Goodell was thin-skinned at all, and he took all these boos at all these other NFL drafts. Can you imagine what's going to happen next year when he does this with nothing but a packed house of Raider Nation fans inside there? You won't even be able to hear him speak. It wouldn't surprise me at all that they go ahead and say no fans in there at all. But it's not just that. Vegas is looking forward to a Super Bowl. So if anything, be proud of Mark Day being cool and calculated and reserved and how he's going to go and when he's going to go and let information out and how he really feels about this. And I just I couldn't be more proud of, you know, Raider Nation Radio, how they've, how, what great job that they have done, and the organization and how they have gone about this. And I think, I think Mayock's a big part of that. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot, Raider Dave, um, in, in Denver. I, I agree. I think that, you know, Mike Mack's a man of integrity, and uh, I think he's handled himself well. I think the players have handled themselves well. Uh, Rich Bisaccia, uh has handled himself well. Um, you know, what's really interesting about all this, too, Lincoln, is that if this, was a, if this, had, if this had been a player, let's just say, all right, there's so much um, protection for players by the Players' Union, and rightfully so. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson right now is still a member of the Houston Texans. Right. And, you know, uh, in, in his case, um, you know, all I'm rooting for in that case is for justice to be served one right. way or another. It doesn't, you know, if if it's if the if, if everything's proven to be false, then I'm then then I'm, I'm going to be happy for justice prevailing in that regard. If things were done and, you know, penalties have to be paid. I'm for that as well. I want. I'm. I'm for uh, justice, the right kind of justice. All right. So, but think of it from that perspective. You know, um, uh, somebody like that, somebody like Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer is getting paid, I believe, right now, uh, in the middle of a uh, of a of a of a huge you know situation. Right. As the pitcher of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Deshaun Watson is getting paid uh, through the 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 situation that he's going through. But it just shows you that players have a union they have a, a, you know protection um somebody like a coach it doesn't appear like they have much of a of a of, of any sort of protection so in 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 when you when you contrast the wheels of justice um with john gruden and how it came to a just conclusion uh, which we all agree on it happened in the matter of 72 hours or so right. you know there's there's other issues right now that have been months and months and months while investigations happen um, and, and we still don't know where it's all headed with Deshaun Watson, with Trevor Bauer. Um, but there's, you know, some serious ac- uh, accusations against both of those guys. And yet right now, you know, they're able to collect a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, within, especially when it comes to the Sean Watson situation, I, I kind of not chuckled at the severity of the, the, the issue or the, the, the claims, no, but no, the no. accusations. But, you know, it was interesting how all this stuff came out the one after he wanted to trade. He wanted to get out of Houston. Now, Houston had become a dumpster fire 
for what they, they gave away Deshaun Watson. They not Deshaun Watson. They gave away DeAndre Hopkins. They gave you know basically let uh, um, um, you know their all pro Watt go. Um, and they had no draft choices, so they were going to be bad for a while. And regardless of the reason that he wanted out, he just asked for to be released or to be traded. I agreed with him. I'd have done the same thing. And then next thing you know, here's yeah. here's everything that comes out. You know, so. Right. Um, it's unfortunate, but I, I agree with you. I, I think you want justice to prevail, and if he was actually, if he did do wrong to these women, he needs to pay for it. Right. It's that's I'm very cut and dry in that regard. Like, yeah. uh, and Trevor Bauer, even even I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I would not touch that. I would not want that guy in my clubhouse whatsoever. Right. I think the Dodger players, because uh, there's there's a level of culpability that he's already kind of admitted to uh and is just playing dumb well i didn't think that she you know uh was not okay with that are you serious right now but anyway uh we'll see what happens with 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 trevor bauer back out to the raider nation uh listener line taylor made is on the line how you doing taylor made good guys how you all doing excellent uh listen i called you last week uh, when i was trying to process this gruden thing and i I think you guys are spot on about Mark Davis. And he didn't really owe anybody anything immediately. And I heard ex-Raiders like Rich Gannon and Amy Trask call him out like he did the fans some disservice because he didn't make a comment immediately. And it was wrong. The man had to process. He put the whole organization moved him to Vegas, and put him in Gruden's hands. And the rug was pulled out from under him. And I tell you, I've been a Raider fan for a long time, and I'm getting old quick, so I hope to God they win a Super Bowl. But it's hard as a Raider fan not to buy into that whole conspiracy theory. I don't trust Roger Goodell, and I don't trust the NFL. They didn't want the Raiders in Los Angeles and they screwed him out of that. And he turned and flipped the tables, went to Vegas, got a new stadium, and just really hired Gruden, which at the time was a, you know, is a face of Raider Nation. I mean, it was a marketing genius move. And I think the NFL and Roger Goodell wanted to take and tarnish what they have going in Vegas. Just my own opinion, but I do appreciate everything you guys have been saying because I tell you, it's been a rough two weeks to process this because a lot of fans, especially my age, love Gruden from his first stint with us. So to, to think that he did this after him coming back, it hurt. But it- yeah, I hear you, Taylor Made. Thanks a lot. Um, you know, uh, here's the thing. Um, my dad used to always tell me, you know, I might not find out about it uh, immediately, yeah, yeah. Um, but eventually I will. And so, you know, um, I don't believe that the NFL is targeting the Raiders. I, re- I really don't, not in this regard. And furthermore, the, the league is doing cartwheels right now over what's going on in Las Vegas. I can assure you this thing is working beautifully, even with other teams fans coming into uh, the stadium. Are you kidding me? I mean, it, this is showcasing what's possible. If you're a city and you work with the NFL, uh, as they did with the Raiders in the NFL here in Nevada to build a stadium, um, the possibilities are, are endless. Now, it takes a very unique market like Las Vegas, a place that people want to come to. But, you know, they're selling out. 
there's people are coming into town, staying at the hotels, eating at the restaurants, enjoying the game, enjoying, you know, the everything that Las Vegas has to offer. It's exactly what the NFL um, was sold on by Mark Davis and 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 this the, the state of Nevada. Trust me when I say that they're happy about this. So there's no trying to take back what the Raiders are doing or anything like that. In my in my estimation, I, I sometimes the simplest answer, Lincoln, is 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 the is the uh, you know most um, accurate answer. I've gone on record for years saying that. You know, Roger Goodell had the, the NFL had kind of leveled off and plateaued at, as far as their money making possibility. So yeah. what what came next was they had to put a team back in Los Angeles before they looked to London. There eventually is going to be a team in London. Yep, there, I agree. There, it's, there's going to it's going to happen. That's the ex- expansion. They have already they, they've done all that they can do in the United States. So there is going to be an international flair. That's coming. They've got to get their ducks lined up. Getting Vegas, getting in line with Caesars and all the sports gambling, because that is the new way of the new world, that's all moneymakers for, for them. So this is this has been a big moneymaker for them to move to Vegas. Yeah, I agree. I just think that somebody did wrong. It was found out, and yeah. the way it came out is the issue. Yeah. Uh, and it probably should happen much sooner, uh, as Mark Davis indicated. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Yeah, when that when that first switch happened, you know, it was it was weird at first. And, I mean, there was a lot of weird things going on with the coach change. And, um, Really, we just you know doubled down, um, spend extra time after practice, and and you know we're we're making huge huge strides with these young guys, and that's the biggest thing too as a young guy just getting that experience in, um, and it's uh, it's really helped so far. That was Raiders uh, left tackle Colton Miller, who uh, our good friend Lincoln Kennedy is proclaiming a pro bowl uh left tackle and i think uh, i'm i'm on I'm, I'm with you on that uh lincoln by the way congratulations to unique and gakwe for being the afc defensive player uh of the week well uh deserved yeah no doubt about it and lincoln you know you probably are dealing with a pretty good team covering a pretty good team when max crosby was the afc defensive player of the week at one point uh unique gakwe was the afc player of the week at one point and uh, oh, by the way, Derek Carr was the AFC Offensive Player of not the week, but the month of September. Uh, so some accolades are coming uh, to to the Raiders. And what do we always say, Lincoln? You want love? You want to get it. respect? That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Earn Go it. earn it. That's it. That's earn it. it. That, you that's why you know I, I I only go so far with you know the Raider. Um, you know, uh, trying to you know the league is out to get the Raiders. Um, you know, I think that there were I. Definitely, back in the day, there's there were definitely some instances, and, and there was there was a lot of fighting going on between the Raiders and, and the NFL. Uh, I think the Raiders are becoming a very model like NFL franchise. They're always going to be, um, you know, uh, a little bit of defiance in them. That's who they are. Uh, but you look at what they got in in, in Las Vegas. Uh, there's owners in this NFL that are looking at that, going, "Wow." Um, that was a pretty good deal that you pulled off, and it's only going to get better from this point on. So I remember writing it at the time uh, back in 
think it was 2017, 2018, whenever it was, whenever they were awarded, whenever the NFL gave the green light for them to move to, to Las Vegas, I remember writing that um, the Italian in me and the, the, you know, the Godfather, all of that, uh, Mark Davis was a made man at that point. He, he, <laughs> he earned his way into the club, um, you know, because there was always, he was the son of Al Davis and, you know, uh, is he going to be up to the challenge? Well, not only was he up to the challenge in the Las Vegas deal, he blew it out of the water. This was a landmark, monumental, this is how you do it kind of a deal when you're talking about the public-private partnership and building a stadium and getting the state on board, getting the local politicians on board, getting the local businesses on board. You think it's easy to build a stadium, a $2 billion stadium? Good luck with all that, you know? And he pulled it off uh, and proved a lot of people wrong in the process. Anyway, Getting back to Colton Miller, Lincoln, and uh, his uh, view of the offensive line as it currently sits, which after these last couple of weeks is in a much better place than it was, you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. However, Lincoln, um, you know, I, I think this season is shaping up to potentially be pretty special for the Raiders. Okay, there's a lot of goals that they have, objectives that they have that to me are within reach, and you'd hate to get to the end of the season and look back. If you fell short and go, man, if we had just done this, if we had just done that, could it have been the difference in, 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 in the team reaching its goals? Now, it very well could be that every answer that the Raiders need is right there in that building. Uh, but I want to throw some things out at you here as it relates to the offensive line. I know we talked, we've talked about the need for this offensive line to stay the course right now and just what it needs more than anything is playing time together and development time together. But would you be open at all if there was a reinforcement out on the uh, open uh, the, the trade market, which we're closing in on the on the uh, trade deadline? If somebody could come in here and help, would you be open uh, on the offensive line to bring in somebody in a, in a trade? Um, what about Jason Kelsey? The center, center. for yeah. Well, um. mm. It depends on it, well. It depends on what you'd have to give up for him. Okay, if it was, let's just say. I mean, because you know, when it comes to center, you you still have you don't know you don't know if Nick Martin's capable. You know, he hasn't played. You know, so we're only going off of Andre James, and I think Andre is still coming along. I think he probably had well, probably I didn't grade him out, but probably his best performance against the Eagles um, this season. Uh, it's I mean it's. Uh, Scraping the bottom of the barrel for oh, most of them. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know? um, Man, did you hear what some of the Eagles players are saying about that defense and the defensive coordinator? What? Oh, oh, the Eagles defensive coordinator? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well the, I mean, I can only it, imagine, right? Go ahead. Yeah. People aren't. Uh, some there are players that are not happy with the uh, with where all that is headed. Hey Lincoln, um, can I ask you something? Yeah, bud. I was in the um, press conference room for the Eagles after the game, uh-huh. and Fletcher Cox, like they were asking him questions. So I can attest to what Vinny was saying, and it was they were asking him about a screen pass that the Raiders ran. He said, "I don't get paid to defend screens." Now, for a defensive line, like so, is that like I know you've been on the offensive line, but. Is there a key to, like, setting them up for a good screen? Or do, Ooh, do, do oh, defensive yeah. linemen, like, when a screen is usually called, do they just give up? 
No, they don't normally give up. What, the reason why you call a screen pass is because you have an overly aggressive defensive front. Right. Yeah, he said, I get paid to go after the quarterback. Yeah, and that's, and, that's what he, and that's what he does. So when, you, so when a guy uh, beats an offensive lineman off the line of scrimmage, more times than not, all he's, he's seeing, he's drooling because he's going to get a chance to probably get a hit on the quarterback. He's hoping the quarterback holds the ball long enough that he can get a sack. That's what you're drooling because those are the, the stats that make defensive linemen. When you have a screen or a draw or something that comes up behind you, you know you're not you're not looking for that, even though they try to tell you to be disciplined and 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 watch it. It's too easy. But yeah, I I they use their aggression. That's the way you use aggression against the defense, uh, uh, against them. If you know what I mean. Same with a draw play. Absolutely. Uh, you're, you're 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 they're getting the momentum up the field, and you're just you know sneaking right past them. And I, I in my the, the, the lowest levels of football that I played, you know, the, the, the high school, that's where it ended for Vinnie Bonsignor. But as somebody that played defensive line, there was nothing more frustrating than a screen pass, especially Lincoln, and I know you know this, when your coaches preach it and preach it and preach it. Uh, but there's just something about, like, exactly what you said and what Fletcher was saying, I got paid to go get the quarterback. Like, you're so hell-bent on that. You're so focused on that. And then they just dump it right over your head. And the next thing you know, you look back and it's a 20-yard gain going the other way. And you're like and, – and here's the worst part about it. You think you're closing in on the quarterback for a sack, yeah, the thing yeah. that you love more than anything and that you get paid to do. That's right. And they use that uh, against you. I Yeah, I'm not quite sure, though. Like if – I don't agree with what Fletcher said right now. Well, look, there. Fletcher – in my opinion, Fletcher Cox should have been gone two years ago, two, three years ago. Yeah. He should have retired. He's, he lost a lot of the luster and a lot of the light. Now, he's still a player that can make an impact if you allow him. But there was a lot of stuff that was that was lost by Fletcher Cox a couple of years ago. The fact that he's still in the Eagles uniform is surprising to me. Um, yeah. But, but it, you know, I can agree with some of their decisions because, you know, they got the second half especially, the Eagles defense got outcoached. They yeah. showed their hand. Uh, Olsen and the offense picked up on it, and they used it against them. And that's yeah. why they were able to generate as many yards as they did. And, 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 and they really were hard to stop because the defense had already shown their hand and they had nothing left in the, and, 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 uh, to pull out. No, no other stops to pull out. Yeah, it's a new def- defensive coordinator, um, and he's, he's uh, learning the hard way uh, how difficult it can be sometimes to come into a veteran situation, try to do it things your way. Uh, and maybe they're not working, too. And you got veteran players that are going, Coach, this isn't working. This isn't what we're used to. This is what – but – you know he's got his own vision as that new defensive coordinator, and it, it's it's it looks like it's a it might be one of those transitional years. I would not expect a lot of those uh, defensive players to be there uh, very long range, especially if you're going to be saying things uh, like that, like what Fletcher Cox uh, said. But speaking of the Eagles, uh, Lincoln, there's another player, um, uh, Andre Dillard, who um, I. I I think he lost his job. He's an offensive tackle. The left tackle Washington was a level for Washington State. No, you, you don't get him. What's what's your? Because it looks like he, he's, <laughs> he can't, he can't run. It block. looks like he's no. Yeah, he can't I run mean, block. He he can't run block. He's he well. He struggled at left tackle. Um, he came from Washington State. Was was mainly a passing team, and he struggled in the league, especially with his footwork. Um, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade for him. I heard a uh, offensive. It was a former NFL offensive line coach. Uh, coach with the Cincinnati Bengals, Paul, um, I forget what his name is. I think you know who I'm talking about. But anyway, I'll, I'll figure out the name. But he was on the radio uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was it, was it was toward the start of the NFL season, about a couple of weeks into the NFL season. And he was saying, man, it's just such a pleasure to be able to watch the NFL after the first couple of weeks, you know, how there's that, that 
that lapse where it's yeah. just college football for a couple of weeks, right. regular season games while the NFL, you know, uh, gets through their preseason and gets the NFL or I guess the regular season. But he was like, I just couldn't watch it anymore, watching these offensive linemen and, and what they're being asked to do on the college level. It's he goes, it was so refreshing to finally watch some NFL linemen and what they're doing along the Is it that different? What yes. they're doing in college compared to what they're doing in the yes. pros? There, there, there are a lot of programs that aren't teaching offensive linemen to block. All they're teaching them is just to get in the way. And there's a difference. There's a difference yeah. because when you talk about some of these passing attacks um, that are that are thrown around and these these the um, these, these quick quick drops and quick throws, linemen aren't forced to block. All they need to do is slow down a guy. And, and a lot of times it's almost like a turnstile. That's how quickly they're getting. And that's why developing these guys on this level or developing guys on this level on the pro level takes so much time because you're really having to start from the basics. Look, you've got, you've got linemen in, in the National Football League or coming through college that have never been in a three-point stance. I know, I know. So, you know, what's, you know what's disheartening as a former offensive lineman, a former player, to see someone get down on a two-yard line and to see that they have to go out of shotgun. Because the I, I thank you because it's not so it's not so much that that's what the offensive coordinator wants to do. It's sometimes what they can do. That's the only thing what, they can do because right. you guys can't you you guys can't block. And so then you have all these trick plays where you you know you have the you know you're 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 running one way and you slide a little shovel pass underneath. And I mean all these things that are that just what I like to say you know uh, run and shoot style of plays. It's 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 really frustrating. It's, it's essentially frustrating for me to see the Raiders can't get a first down on a third and one or a fourth and one, you know, running, and, the I mean, running the football. I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh, are you that are you that block the guy in front of you? Move him. Just move him. <laughs> it's not that hard. Don't let him get the best of you. Shoot off the ball. So, I, yeah, it, it is very different. And I think that's the reason why you talk about business. We were talking about earlier, business-wise, the league is looking for a developmental league or someone they can develop, most notably the quarterback position, obviously. But there are places where you want to see offensive linemen play because the only way they can play, the only way they can get better is by seeing them play. They need reps. Well, I know exactly. And, and you know, to your point, and I'm glad you mentioned quarterbacks, you know, uh, we, we get caught up in this that's the toughest position to judge if you're a talent evaluator and to some extent that's true, but I've talked to enough scouts and general managers and coaches and et cetera, et cetera. They're saying, yeah, you know, we talk about how difficult it is to, uh, to scout, you know, college quarterbacks nowadays and try to project them into the NFL, but it's getting to be just as bad when you're talking about offensive linemen and you're also talking about wide receivers because, yeah. you know, wide receivers in, in college football, they're not always running the entire route tree. Right. Uh, things are so much different in what they're doing, uh, what the defenses are doing. So it becomes, you know, problematic trying to project. Uh, I, I'll give you a good example. The Rams, you know, drafted um, uh, Tavon Austin. Um, and he was blown by people Certainly. in college at West yep. Virginia. You remember what he did yep. at West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And they, they, I think they drafted him. 10th 11th or so in retrospect it was uh it was just it was not a good draft pick um and they learned a lesson and it was yeah that speed works in high school it works in college but there's dudes that are just as fast in the nfl as as Tavon austin so it doesn't that part of it doesn't necessarily translate especially if 
all you've been doing all these years is relying on that speed and not right. refining your 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 uh, uh, wide receiver position. But in, at the same token, by the same token, what you're saying, offensive line, and we're going to get into this, you know, on the other side. But to the to in defense of college football, Lincoln, they only get these guys for a certain amount of hours. It's been it's getting condensed and condensed and condensed. In that regard, I know I'm sure your son understood. You know, when he was playing college football, it was locked in at what 20 hours a week or so do the math on that yeah but at the same point the rules prevent these professionals who are getting paid to do this job to be able to be developed as well because of because of because of the cba so they've got less time and they're professionals we're not talking about class we're going to be opening up a can of worms uh, on the other side you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonser and lincoln kennedy brought to you by tequila embajador raider nation radio on a wednesday Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Um, they just continue to, you know, take charge. Uh, obviously, that was a, a very um, formidable opponent in the D-line. Um, but they was able to wear them down for four quarters, and we were able to just kind of, um, you know, just run behind them and be relentless in that attack. Um, and then you saw, like, they was trying to commit nine, ten people to the box, and we were able to play action, throw the ball over the top. So when you have a, um, an offense like that that's unpredictable, um, it just creates a lot of success for a lot of people. That was uh, Raiders running back Kenyon Drake talking about uh, – hang on one second. Talking about uh, the new off- the, the new offensive line. We should call it the new offensive line, Lincoln, <laughs> because they have made some changes. Um, give the Raiders a lot of credit for saying this isn't working. We need to make a change. Um, we talked all about it when, when it happened. Uh, there was a little bit of ego involved. I mean, you draft Alex Leatherwood. He's going to be your right tackle for the next decade and, you know, four games into the season, his rookie season got to move him over to right guard so where he might just stay i don't know Lincoln. well i mean so he, could, far- he could very well look i i played guard when i first came to the league it's about getting uh you know acclimated to the speed and the just the 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 the, the league itself i mean you got you you got a guy you want him on the field you want him playing right he's struggling yeah. at right tackle um so what do you do you move him into guard and 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 see that if he, he can learn he can eventually get back out to tackle it's not a foregone conclusion he's gonna be the rest of his life at, at guard but you know you needed help to run to, to create that interior push again you're coming off the expectation that you're going to have denzel good and richie incognito and stuff like that, and you had to change you had to make changes so um Illuminor was uh, ineffective and they decided to go a different route yeah and i think that um it is important to remember that that this was just as much about um, solidifying the interior as it was Absolutely. getting a better player at right tackle. I think, I think what Brandon Parker's done so far is probably fairly similar to what maybe Alex was doing, maybe a little bit more, um, especially at this stage of his career. He's a four-year veteran, so he should be further along in the in the development. But he's learning uh, how to stop a damn bull rush. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. That that right tackle situation is. I mean, could Andre Dillard? Or, uh, Ooh, no, no, no. You got to keep oh. in mind. There's a reason why he lost his spot. <laughs> 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 I 
there's a reason why he's not he's not he's not a starter. When they drafted him, I think they drafted him in the first round, didn't they? Yeah, Eagles? he was a first round. He was a first he round. I remember what, doing some film work on him, and I loved what he was doing in the past. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, he came from uh, a system with the coach Mike Leach is now at Ole Miss. Um, it was in the air raid system, and he he was a good college tackle. I thought he would be better in the league. He is not taking that next step. So I was high on him, too, and I had a lot of Eagle fans who asked me about him because they knew my affiliation with the Pac-12. Um, so, I mean, I, I get it, but, no, I, he's, he, he struggles at tackle as well. Are there any, um, as we look at the, um, the NFL right now, uh, especially with these rookie offensive linemen, um, who stands? I know the uh, Slater from the Chargers has played well. Yeah. Um, uh, Penny Sewell from the Lions. It's coming into uh, his own. It's getting better, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, by the way, um, mm-hmm. I think it was Rodney Pete who brought this up to me uh, earlier this week. He's like, sometimes you got to listen to your quarterback because remember, if you remember, everyone had Penny Sewell earmarked for the Bengals. You yeah. got to protect Joe Burrow. You got to protect Joe Burrow. You got to protect Joe Burrow. And I think Joe Burrow made the case to his decision makers go get me Jamar Chase. <laughs> that's that's who I feel is going to make a bigger impact right now. And you can't argue with that. I know Penny Sewell is a quote unquote once in a lifetime or once in a decade long kind of a kind of an offensive tackle, but Jamar Chase, the impact that he's made on the Bengals, you can't dispute that either. No, you can't. I just, you know, if you don't take care of the 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 person's up front you can't possibly take care of a good guy in the back what i mean is that if you don't have a good offensive line i don't care how good of a quarterback you are the Bengals lost joe burrow last year to a knee injury from the amount of hits that he took so um you know yeah you you can sit there and say that that jamar chase is having a good season and he's an impactful player he is he kind of knew that that was going to be the case but um you know i i honestly i think that when you look at the raiders offensive line and situation um it made more sense to move Leatherwood on the inside to solidify the interior because quarterbacks these days will tell you that they can step up in the pocket. So you talk about external pressure, the way guys run around the horn, you could step up in the pocket. But if there's no, if the pocket is collapsing on the interior, there's nowhere for you to go. There's no way that you could um, um, uh, be able to stand up and throw the ball down the field. So um, it made sense to go leather, put Leatherwood inside with his strength and his size um, to have him hold down and try to keep the middle, uh, help the middle stay in the integrity. I know that um, has has Christian Derrissaw even played a game yet for the for the Vikings? I know that I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of Vikings games. I'm not sure. Yeah, and he was the guy that some you know some pundits felt like you know the Raiders should have targeted um, with that with that 17th pick. Uh, they have to look to go see if he's doing good. And I, last I saw, Tevin um, Jenkins, the other tackle that was presumably a first round pick. I don't think he's gotten on the field himself mm-hmm. uh, with the Bears. So you know um, they went with Leatherwood, and I think he's starting to play better. I, I still kind of scratch my head at the uh, PFF grade that he got for an eight out of a hundred in pass blocking. Yeah. I don't know about that. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know what goes into that, that criteria. I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm a, I'm an eye test guy. So I'll, I'll watch. And, and if I, I see the guy get beat and I know why he got beat um, and, and it can understand it, but it seems how, how he's progressing and settling in. And I just think that, you know, again, it's, it's scheme wise, you know, he's, He's a road grader. He's a run blocker. He's, he's got to the strength of that. So why don't you work to his strength? Why would you sit there and, and have passed 50, 60 times? 
You know, you run the football. And they're, they're, like I said, they're better off running man-style um, uh, blocking schemes like ISO Blast that they've had success with over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, Alex Leatherwood's uh, pro football focus uh, grade last week, it was a 56.1 overall, which is, you know, still a, an improvement over where it was earlier this season. His run block grade was a uh, season high of 72.1, which is good. I just don't get the 8.1. Uh, the week before, he was at 62.3. Uh, he's 24.5 on the season. It doesn't help when you have an 8.1. Uh, he also had a 14.3 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I got to, you know, and I've, I've tried to, uh, I, maybe we, uh, uh, Demond, maybe at some point we could bring uh, some of our friends over at uh, Profile Focus in. Uh, to, to talk about it, just to kind of give us an idea of how does somebody get an 8.1, especially when <laughs> I, you know, Derek Carr was clean in that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, maybe he, maybe his great footwork was able to compensate for what Alex wasn't doing up front. But I, I don't, I, I just don't see that he was under great duress in that game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know that, you know, Alex had some, uh, you know, a penalty, Maybe even two, but eight point one out of hundred. That's yeah. Whew. yeah I'm not whew. sure. <laughs> we got to find out, Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, Inquiring uh, minds want to know. <laughs> you you, you, you kind of sound like uh, you're a little skeptical of that. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm always skeptical of analytics because it's it's like what goes into it. You know, if a guy takes a wrong step, and stuff happens during games, you know, but but what goes into a grade? I never understood how you can grade out because when you know. We didn't have numbers back in our day. You just It was either you got the job done, you got an S, or you got a minus. Every that's now and saying, then, if you got you, a decleter, you get a plus. <laughs> you know, that's about it. <laughs> that's what it was. It was just a pass-fail grade type of yeah, thing? Yeah, that, that's exactly what it was. It was like you got the job done, S. If you didn't, minus. And that's how we graded. That's how we graded one another. If you got a big block, a huge block, a decleter, or you sprung the back, you, you might get a plus. But there wasn't a whole lot of pluses given out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, co- yeah, exactly. it's a collected effort. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll try to get to the bottom of it. Maybe we can, um, you know, uh, like I said, uh, reach out to our good friends over at Pokeball Focus and, and find out. Uh, I, I generally respect everything that they do. Uh, but I just want to know, like, 8.1 on that. Like, they gave... Uh, they gave uh, Marcus Mariota a 64, I think it was, on his run. Now, what, the one play that he had, uh, the season <laughs> opener. I'm like, how do you come up with a 64 point whatever on on a 33 yard run? Exactly. Like, See, like, <laughs> that's, my that's point. like an A plus. A quarterback <laughs> getting 33 yards to me, anyway. Oh. You know. So whatever. Oh, boy. Anyway, want to say thanks to Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, obviously, uh, we'll, we'll be back at it tomorrow. Absolutely, brother. Uh, 4 to 6 p.m. Thank you. Have a great uh, evening. Devon Cotton uh, doing a great job uh, at home base. Uh, always appreciate uh, the work you do, my friend. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila and Bahudar right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m.